Welcome to EIB, a podcast where we'll talk faith, fitness, and everything in between. Now, we're an organization you've probably never heard of, but we're believing for big things in the New England area and want to invite you in for the journey. I'm your host, Mike. Let's dive into some discussion. All right, guys. Hey, check it out. Welcome back to another episode of EIB, a podcast where we'll talk faith, fitness, and everything in between. I'm your host, Mike, and today I'm here with my good friend, Chris Ty. Chris, say what's up to the people. What's up? What's going on, guys? All right, guys. So we got um, we got Chris here, and um, a quick backstory. I'm not going to share too much of it because I want him to do more of the talking. I'm just going to listen and observe. Hopefully, learn some things or two here. But um, Chris is a, a longtime military veteran, and um, he's now in the operations side of things over at our church here. Been involved in ministry, involved in um, other aspects of fitness and such, which is why we want to have him on the show today. Um, I look at him as a very large influence in my life, and uh, I'm just grateful to have him with us. So, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, who you are, where you're from, uh, a little bit of that gig? Yeah, sure. So, uh, as you said, I was a mil- I'm a military guy, retired uh, back in 2017. I did 23 years, 13 years on active duty, 10 so years in the reserves. Thank you, um, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also did some time in the police department. So I was a cop in uh, first in Honolulu for about a year, and then I went over to San Diego Police Department uh, for about nine years. Um, so that's pretty much my background, just military, law enforcement, um, that type of stuff. Grew up a military brat, so it's always been in me. <laughs> um it's one of those things you can't get out of me, you know. Just uh, yeah. I'm a military, I, I get a high and tight, and I like to shave. So um, that's just who <laughs> I am. I love it. That's great. Um, I'm high and tight too, but I hate shaving. <laughs> uh, one question off of that really is, what the heck brought you over here from Honolulu? I'm, I'm curious to know that. Yeah. So um, you, when you when you fall in love with someone, you allow them to brainwash you. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, my wife is from here. Uh, when I, we met in Hawaii. Um, she was out there for about four months when I lived out there. That was long enough for me to understand that that's who I want to be with. That's awesome. So I came out here. Uh, it snowed. I hated it. <laughs> uh, we moved to San Diego for about 12 years. Um, and after a while, we just kind of felt like it's ran, it ran its course out there. Um, things changed. Became a dad. Um, a lot of things going on, you know, just uh, in the police department. A lot of uh, cops were being killed at the time. And um, so I decided, you know what, let's just step away, kind of reassess what I'm doing with my life, uh, try something new. So, um, stepped away from that, st- uh, got away from the military and we just decided to move out here and try it out see what's going on. Cool. That's good stuff. Um, I thought you were going to give me a birds and the bees talk right there for a second. <laughs> you know, when a man loves a woman, I'm like, Hey, Hey, hey come on. G rated up here. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, that's cool. So what did you, what did you do after that? You said you kind of reevaluated some things and yeah. you made a, a career change. Um, where did that go for you? Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I mean, you probably, a lot of people heard just the transition from the military or even from the police department. I think when I was in the police department, People were saying that the average lifespan after you retire from the police is like five years. Wow. Um, and it's probably the same issue that the veterans are kind of running through where you get out of the military, you got the structure, you, you got this camaraderie that's you, you can't really get in any other place. And all of a sudden you just, you know, have a regular life and you, you kind of feel lost a bit. Yeah. Um, so I had uh, some time left on my GI Bill. So I got my master's degree in a business uh, business degree. Um, so I took all my, my education, my collateral duty experience in the military, what I've done, 
um, and I was able to really fit into a position here at the church on the operations side. Um, so it took a few years, you know, I had to learn a lot of things. I'm still learning too. So, um, it's just a process really. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so cool. Um, I love the piece about the, um, GI Bill and going back and getting your master's in a business lane. Um, I, I feel like a lot of people would just let that kind of surpass mm. and not continue to pursue a further education. But, um, I know this just from being in a relationship with you, but Chris guys, he's uh, he's just a lifelong learner. Um, he's, he's a book reader and he's setting the pace right now for 2019. I'm just trying to keep up. Chris, what number book are you on for this year? Um, I'm number 14. I should be done here by the end of the week. And I'm trying to figure out, actually, no, I think 15. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure what I'm going to read next. My mom's coming into town, so I think I might take a week off. But I typically read um, two books at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, one's kind of a, a spiritual, kind of a motivational type book. Um, and another one would be more kind of like a business type thing. Sure. Um, but I just finished a book about how, um, uh, how business practices help win World War II wow. with mass production and um, with the logistics and the supply chain. So it's really interesting yeah. how, how um, back then you can use business as a way to serve your country. So it's kind of inspiring on um, you know, the route I'm taking as far as business goes and, and still wanting to serve. So yeah. it, was, it was a cool story. Wow, that's, that's so cool. Um, one question too with that. Now you say you typically do two books at a time and mm-hmm. we're seven months into the year. You're at 14, 15 books. Are you reading the, the physical hard copy book or are you doing the audio book? Because that's a, that's a huge thing nowadays as well. No, so I actually read it. Um, I'll read it and I underline stuff that really sticks out to me. Except if, if it's like a story like this um, book about World War II, I just read it more for entertainment and inspiration. Sure. Um, but the other book I'm reading right now was written by, um, oh gosh, I forgot the name. But um, uh, what I do is I underline it and uh, actually study it. And then I have a notebook where I write down my notes. So if I ever want to revisit the book instead of rereading it, I go through my notes and I got a good gist of what the book was about. And it kind of reminds me of, of certain things that I may have forgotten. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. Um, I love that too, and I'm I'm challenged, convicted in this right now. Um, <laughs> but I'm also I'm a I'm a hard cover or even a soft cover. But I like having the physical book in my yeah. hand. Um, I love underlining, circling. I put my notes right inside the book, uh-huh. so I'll go back and if I'm looking for something, um, I'll just open back to the page. I'll flip through and I'm like, okay, that stood out to me, and I'll be able to extract the things mm-hmm. that I remember jumped off the page at me. Um, but I like going into that separate. Um, notebook, if you will. Yeah, I feel yeah. like you can certainly keep track of things in a more organized manner. Um, and I'm getting there. I'm growing in that. But yeah, um, what I like about that uh, is just being able to write down my notes. But then yeah. sometimes something will come to my mind. I'm like, okay, how am I going to apply this to my life? Yeah. And I can write that down. And just one sentence will lead into like two pages of things that like, wow, I never even thought of that. And it just came to my mind. I have it written down and yeah. I have that forever now. So that's it's kind of a, a powerful thing. That's great. Yeah, I love that. That's good stuff. Um, hey, let's let's flip over to some more of the uh, the fitness orientation here, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sure I, I want to know, and I'm sure the audience wants to hear a little bit about your fitness journey as well. So, yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit about your fitness journey in terms of your life, and then sure. speak to the faith aspect of it as well? Yeah. So. Um, I, I kind of go back to when I was. I think maybe I remember back in fifth grade where 
bodybuilding is really cool anyway <laughs> with my friends you know because i was i was watching wwf mm-hmm. hulk hogan and come on you know you just look at those guys like wow i'm gonna be like that you know yeah. and then you know espn started coming around we were watching that and we would see all these bodybuilders and and i saw that i'm like man that is cool you know so i really wanted to do that um but even though that's what i wanted to do i kind of took a different path where you know, I valued M&Ms and soda a little bit more than working out, you know. <laughs> so um, I remember when I was in high school, uh, ninth grade, my freshman year, um, I was trying out for the volleyball team and I made it. But I was a short, chubby kid. I was five foot tall um, and just chubby. Um, <laughs> and I couldn't run. I couldn't exercise or anything. And I remember the guys on my, my volleyball team um, were very good. Very encouraging. Um, I would, I'd always be the last guy in the run, but they would all get behind me. And I remember my buddy Ronnie would put his hand on my back and push me. He goes, "Come on, Chris, keep going, keep going." And, and these guys could run forever, but I couldn't. And they were pushing me, and that was really inspiring. So I got into my sophomore year, got a little bit more active, physically active. My junior year, I purposely went out and found a job just so that I can get a gym membership. So I started bodybuilding, get into that, and that led into the military where, um, you know, when I went to uh, my first school in the military, I ran into my first live in-person Navy SEAL that I met ever, um, and he let me work out with him. So I started working out with him, um, and then that, you know, that that just built on itself as, as I got into the military more into different types of jobs, which required um, a certain level of physical fitness. Yeah, no, that's cool. One of the things that I love about fitness and, um, I want to just bring it back to the conversation we're just having about books and taking notes and such, and being able to revert back to the, the notebook that you were, you were using at the time and extracting truth out of there. Um, I do the same in my fitness journey. I don't know Mm. if you're the same as well, but, Mm. um, I'm always tracking and whether I have a, a, a printed copy of something or if I have, my notes in an app or something along those lines. I'm always tracking my progress. And uh, I, I love the fact that you can go back and you can look a year ago, five years ago from mm. now and see the progress you've made or see the the tracking over the last however many years and, and see some of the tendencies even and such. But yeah, um, is that something that you do as well in order to keep track of where you're heading? Yeah. So when I was in high school, I remember um, there's a bodybuilding show on ESPN I used to watch every morning at 6.30 before school. <laughs> and they talked about recording your workout. So I got this book, this notebook, and uh, I drew a picture of a muscle, you know, bodybuilder guy mm-hmm. in front. And I just put body by Chris. <laughs> and that's where I recorded all my workouts. Um, and as I got older and into the military, there's a good span of about five years. I had a spreadsheet going of certain workouts I would do. So I would, I would every day of the year, I would track each workout that I did. And then I would um, have a link to that workout, which recorded my time, what I did for movements, um, my 5K time, my mile time, my 10K time, how much I was lifting, one rep max, things like that, where, you know, it was cool to, sometimes I would wake up and say, "Ah, I'm not sure what I'm going to do today. What did I do last year? I look up what I did last year. I would do the same workout just to kind of measure how do I do, how did I do? So, and it got to a point where, you weren't really competing with anyone else, but you're competing with yourself from last year. That's How great. How did I improve? Yeah. So um, it's been a while since I've done that. You know, being a dad kind of changes things a little bit. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I'd, I'd love to get back into that for sure. Man, that's so cool. And I just, I think so much about um, the, the, 
the lifestyle of journaling, if you will, as well. Mm. And I believe you're a journaler, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's something that I've been trying to push myself to get into, but it's the same vein. It's it's tracking where you're at in the current time and then being able to go ahead and a year from now or five years from now, as we said, um, see the, the change or the transformation that you've made. You can do that from a, a mental or a, a spiritual aspect. You can do that from a physical aspect as well with tracking your, your nutrition and tracking your programming. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, we just talked about going back into our notes of our books and being able to pull back from there as well. So yeah. I think it's all relative. Yeah, yeah. I think that's cool. Um, why don't you talk about how you got into journaling? Because um, I'm curious to hear it because I've been pushing myself to get there, but I can't yeah. quite find the, the direction or even the motivation to do so. Yeah, so I, I first started, I mean, aside from journaling my workouts and stuff, yeah. that was something I did in, in high school. But journaling your thoughts and, and what's going on, what you're learning and what you're going on, uh, what's going on in life. I started doing that probably when I was um, in my early 20s. And um, I remember doing it, feeling kind of silly. It's like, ah, oh, this is kind of this is what chicks do, you know. They, <laughs> they talk to their diaries at nighttime, and yeah. they talk about boys and, and things like that. But dear diary, yeah, um, exactly. This is body by Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, uh, I did that for a while, and then uh, then I got married, and I get, you know, I was kind of embarrassed about it. So I was just like, yeah, I'm not gonna do this. It's kind of silly. But um, as as life went on, and you kind of go through. Uh, um, trials, I guess. But, you know, when I was talking about the, the um, when I left the military and I was going through that transition of like, what am I doing? You know, yeah. like, you know, what am I doing with my life? What's, what's my identity and, and things like that. It's, it's the, the, um, act of journaling that really brings all that out. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I started getting back into it big time, probably about a year and a half ago. Um, but it's hard to get into that habit. Like we were talking about the other night. And we talk about that book. Um, what's it called? The Habits? Atomic Habits. Atomic James Habits. Clear, yeah. yeah. So I read that book um, probably about a month or so ago. And what I got from that, the one thing that I got from that was I need to stage my stuff so that it's visible. That way I've got no excuse. Yeah. I, I have to do this. So um, I wake up early, extra early every morning, um, just so that I can read, um, meditate, pray, journal whatever it is I want to do that morning. So I'll put out my Bible, my iPad, and the book I'm reading, and my glasses, and my pen, all in the same area. But I just need to go downstairs, press the coffee button, get my coffee going, sit down, and everything's there. I've got no excuse. Yeah. And um, it's just so much easier. So, um, yeah, I was consistent with my journaling. and still am. And, uh, man, I tell you what, it is so helpful to clear your mind to get inspired by your own thoughts that that comes to your mind, you know, and it's, I don't know, it's just great, man. It's just life uh, transforming. Yeah. I love that piece about putting all of your stuff out the night before so that when you come down the stairs, you come into the room and you see it first thing in the morning, you have no good excuse not to. Mm. Um, There's just so much power to vision. Um, Scripture tells us that where there is no vision, the people will perish, Mm. but what it doesn't elaborate on is that this word vision in the original translation was more so in reference to a, a firsthand experience, a revelation as well, or um, just a guidance and direction overall. So you're setting your direction and the the um, um, the, the trajectory of your day doing so. And I, I just think there's so much power in that. And it makes me come back to the concept of just the, the fitness leg of things and 
Um, I know for myself that I set the tra- trajectory of my day up early by getting in the gym early. I want to be able to make sure that um, I'm not only just getting it out of the way, but um, I'm prioritizing it. I'm getting in the gym when it's a time that my phone's not going to be blown up off the hook or there's no one else awake and they're not going to be bothering me. Again, I'll do the same thing. I'm up, I read, I'll pray, I'll meditate. And then I'm, fitness is, it's it's second priority. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's been times in my life where I've made that first priority. I've idolized it. I made that God. Um, and it took a revelation on my hand to recognize that fitness is a, a scripture tells us, First Timothy 4, verse 7, it says, train yourself to be godly for Physical training is of some value and emphasis on the sum, um, but godliness holds value for all things. And there was points in my life, career, my fitness um, endeavors where fitness was my God. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to realign my focus, my priorities in that. But mm-hmm. um, it, it took it took some it took some effort to do so. Yeah. Um, talk about so actually talk about your fitness experience here a little bit too, but. Tell me about um, what is your favorite fitness experience? Let's start with that. Oh, my gosh, favorite experience. Um, so I would say like a certain time period, I, I look back at some training that I've done in the military yeah. where you know, I was in schools where uh, you wake up in the morning, you go down uh, to the, you, know, you muster up in formation and you run for the first four hours of your day. You go and eat lunch, and then you do calisthenics for a couple hours, and then you finish the day with a swim, and then you go home. Sounds like and, fun. And I collected a paycheck. You know yeah. that that was that was cool. It's like I'm gonna pay you to work out. Okay, I'll do that. Deal. You know, so um, I would say that was that was the most fun I had as far as like experiences go. But you know, um, I think we all battle with that. Uh, keeping fitness as a priority because yeah. you know you, you get to an age where you, you want you want to be noticed by the girls and stuff <laughs> you know you want to look a certain way um so you make that a priority and it's all about how you look and stuff but as you get older things change a little bit um and i always found that you know a motivation or inspiration for me to work out was you know how do i need to prepare my body for the life i'm living at the moment yeah you know when i was a cop it was um I was talking to somebody about this the other the other day when I would work out when I was extremely hungry. I would work out when I had a full stomach. I would work out when I was tired. I would work out when I had a bad headache. You know, try to train my body to be able to be physically active despite how I feel. That's great. Right? So, like, if I was in a police car and I had just eaten lunch and I decided to eat a lot and something happened where all of a sudden I got to start chasing a guy. Yeah. Well, I got to be able to perform. So I'm not going to be able to perform unless I prepared myself to do that, right? Yeah. To to train in those environments, um, you know, in the cold and the heat, you know, things like that. So um, I enjoyed going through that. Um, yeah. it, it took a lot of motivation to do that because even though I liked it, I also didn't like it because it's a lot easier to just like, hey, I'm tired. I'm going to sit on the couch or I just ate yeah. a lot of food. So I'm just going to take a quick nap. Um you know, the temptation is there, but I felt good, you know, and that was a good experience. And then a lot of, as time goes on, a lot of the different events that I've done, um, just the spirit of competition was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know, just, it d- depends on the phase and the time of life you're in. Um, you got to enjoy whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you ever heard of the book, um, by Kelly Starrett? It's the supple leopard becoming a supple leopard. Yeah. 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 
Um, great read. Mm-hmm. I haven't read the whole thing. Just kind of picked through it here and there. It's more of a textbook than it is a yeah. sit-down read. Right. But um, he is, if you guys have never read anything or watched his YouTube videos of Kelly Starrett, yeah. check him out. He's unbelievable. He's uh, he's a crossfitter. He's also got his PhD. And I believe it's, it's in the exercise science lane. I'm not going to tell you exactly which lane because I'm not sure what it is, but I think it might be a physical therapy lane. But Either way, corrective movements, he's incredible, mm-hmm. but yeah. becoming a supple leopard, just that concept you spoke about, just training through your headaches, training through a full stomach, an empty stomach, training when you're tired. Um, the concept that Kelly Starr is trying to uh, really expound upon is being able to, at any time, um, perform to the utmost capacity. Mm-hmm. The leopard is one of the most um, nimble yet powerful animals in the um, animal kingdom, and it's able to go from a place of REM stage sleep and snap right into maximal output. Um, and it has to because of the environment that it's in. Mm-hmm. I would imagine it's the same being in the, either whether it's the military or the law enforcement world, um, you got to be able to go from zero to a hundred in a snap of a finger. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's pretty impressive. Um, one other thing that I, I wanted to probe you on was the, the concept just of, of discipline. Just, I would imagine that being in the military, being in the law enforcement and just of course, knowing you, that your discipline is something that you pride yourself on. Um, have you found it difficult to prioritize fitness in your regimen, or has that always been kind of a discipline that's been instilled within you? Um, you know, it, it's been in me for the longest time. I think as I was preparing for the military, um, it, it was already in me. Um, I would say it's been a struggle um, lately just because, um, you know, uh, with um, – you know, it's, it's one of those things where I used to have a purpose to work out, mm. you know, training for the military, police, whatever it might be. Um, and I have found myself in a, in a time right now, it's like, okay, why am I working out other than because I you know, want to be healthy and this and that. Right. So I'm having to find myself reasons like, you know, I just did the marathon uh, last year. I did a CrossFit competition. I've got to have these like, okay, what's my inspiration here? And, um, and I found that even though like I did the marathon, um, I did the marathon, but I, I needed to do the marathon for something other than myself. Sure. Because if I, I was training for myself, I, it wasn't really there. I wasn't really inspired. I was just going through the motions. But it's I decided, easier to find excuses that way, right? Yeah. So um, I decided to run for the Warrior Dog Foundation, um, which, which is a foundation that takes care of retired police and military dogs. And, and it cares for them and helps rehab them. And maybe adopt them out to, to good families. Um, and that's something I really care about. So once I was able to establish that partnership and, and actually run for them and raise money for them, um, my training changed because I suddenly had a reason. And I was doing this for something else yeah. other than other than me. And um, it was just inspiring. I, you know, just I, I, it, it took that to really um, help me learn how do I get inspired again to, to get through these exercises, these workouts? Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, you see that a lot with former athletes as well, just transitioning out of whether it's their collegiate sport, whether it's professional sport, and then um, they either let themselves go or they yeah. just transform in general. But it, it's difficult to find that why Yeah. Um, when you've been so accustomed to a why for so long. Yeah. And then 
life changes or your career changes, whatever that is. So yeah, yeah. Um, being able to dig down deep, and that was one of the questions I had for you mm-hmm. later on was, you know, what is your why at this point? But we'll get to that. Sure. Um, I want to dive into, in, in the same vein, kind of in that discipline thought of between and everything in between, in case you guys are not familiar. Um, if you've been listening for any time, you might might recall. Um, I'd, I'd like to say you should, but uh, maybe we got to do a better vision vision casting here. But everything in between is really threefold. It's everything in between our temple, our body, mind, and our spirit. Um, it's everything in between the four walls of the location that we embody, and that is uh, a resource or an outsource center for whatever your needs might be. So if it is physical, if it's nutrition, if it's counsel or financial help or whatever that might look like, um, it's everything in between those four walls. And then everything in between representing um, our life as a whole. You have a birth date, you have a death date, and in between those two dates, there's a dash, and that dash represents what your life stands for, what your life represented. It represents everything in between. So um, that being said, the body, the mind, and the spirit of the three, um, which one do you find to be your greatest strength? Uh, yeah, right? Was that on, on the, the list spot. of questions you asked me? <laughs> Did you prep me for that one? Yeah. My strength. Oh man, you know. Where do you what? find yourself more disciplined in? Uh mind, body, strength. Um gosh, man. I mean, if you were to ask me what my weaknesses are, I I can go <laughs> all day long with that. But... He's a man of humility <laughs> as well. Um, it's hard to say, man, because like, you know, um you you know, you say body. Well, right now I just feel like um, I'm not in great shape like I have been in the past. So, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I, I need to, I need to step it up a little bit in that area. My mind game, you know, just when you go through a transition in life, you always have self doubt you go through sure. that every day. Right. So yeah. I don't want to say that's a strength when I think, and I think we all deal with that. Yeah. Um, but, but I'm learning to deal with that as well. And then, um, spirit, you know, um, I think what I've, I've, I've grow, grew stronger in my spiritual life over the last few years, especially um, since moving here, um, being a part of this church and the community. Yeah. Um, you know, I and what what's what this community has helped me do is really prioritize my life. You know, I used to have um, my patriotism my veteran status my nationalism as a priority this is who i am this is my identity um above all else i used to think like okay i'm an american therefore i am a christian yeah you know but you know i went through a a period of like oh man i just just feel convicted and wrong about that and um i went through a, a time of like dealing with that to where now i'm like okay i know where my priority is it's my spiritual life and I am also an American. I'm, I'm, I'm a, a, a defender of freedom. I'm a veteran. I'm a former cop. I'm all these things for, for a reason. Yeah. You know, and that, that really helped define what my purpose is in life. You know, we'll get into that later when you yeah. ask about the why. But, um, yeah, my strength. I don't know, man. I, 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 I hate to be like, oh, my spiritual life is a strength. You know, I'm not a pastor or anything like that. But of the three, what have I grown in over the last three years would be my spiritual life. Man, that's great. Um, that's fantastic. And you alluded to, if I asked the question of what's your weakness, you'd be able to answer that. Well, that was the next question. So, um, out of those three, yeah. where do you find so the I would say, place to get better? You know, I'm glad that my, my spiritual life has has strengthened over the last couple of years because I think this, your spiritual life drives everything else, right? Yep. 
um, because if you're connected to God, then you understand that you want to take care of yourself because you want to be obedient. You want to train your body so that you're preparing your body for the life God wants you to live. Yeah. You're, tr you're training your mind and feeding it good stuff so that you're uh, right in your mind and you can still have this good spiritual life because if your mind is messed up, it kind of messes everything else up. So I think your spiritual life really feeds into everything else. Maybe it all feeds together, but I would say spiritual life is a priority. Yeah. Um, so weaknesses right now, I would say, um, gosh, man, I think, you know, if, if everyone's honest and uh, I tend to be a little too honest at times, I'm just, <laughs> you know, going through self-doubt, um, like, am I sure this is the route I'm going with my life? Am I making the right decisions, especially when you get a family? Yeah. You know, am I being the right dad I'm supposed to be? Am I really being the husband I should be at the moment? Um, you know, it, it, you get, you got you can read the Bible and, and learn things about life, but really there's no really like blueprint, exact blueprint of how you should be doing being a dad or yeah. being a husband or whatever it might be. So you're always going to make mistakes um, and try to learn from them. And um, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I can go on and on about weaknesses, but I would say that's, that's what's on my mind at the moment. Yeah. Uh, you're not alone. I, I would certainly say that I, uh, I empathize with the same. Yeah. Um, it, it would be the mental piece that I find myself struggling the most and I try to be proactive with it and speak life over myself and my situations but yeah. it's never easy yeah um but we appreciate your vulnerability your honesty yeah sure um, last question Chris the fun piece uh, what uh -huh. is your why what is the purpose for um why you do what you do yeah so I think if you were to ask any husband and dad you know their the priority in life is to be a husband and a dad yeah and then that's not going to change um but one thing that is really passionate in my life and the confirmation in that is that my wife shares it is that she and I are both veterans you know mm -hmm. and um, our purpose really is to serve our people um, we're we're veterans we're prior military we're former uh, part of the police family um, and we're really passionate about that we want to help those people um, and the fact that um, you know we just feel like that that that's our ministry you know, yeah. um, so my purpose is really to serve uh, like-minded people, my fellow veterans, uh, servicemen and women, uh, fellow police officers, firefighters, whatever, um, the people that are on the front lines doing it every day. Um, now that I can no longer do that because I'm retired, um, my job now is to support them and to enable them to do their job. And I would throw um, dogs in there too yeah. because I'm passionate about specifically working dogs for police and military. Um, you know, those who are on the front lines at the moment and we have to take care of them after they're done too. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're created being just like we are and, and it's our job to, to help them out. Um, and they're not just a tool, they're an actual living creature that we need to take care of. So, you know, my why, you know, my wife and kids, but uh, we share a passion with veterans, for veterans, police officers, firefighters, um, and canines. Man, that's so good. That's probably one of the most um, unique whys I've ever heard. And, uh, and it's just so authentic because um, I could see that and hear it in your voice and in your heart yeah. um, when, you, when you were just uh, sharing that with us. So yeah. we appreciate that so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank it's an you. absolute blast. And uh, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Everything in Between. Please like, share, and subscribe. And until next time, God bless you all. Thank you so much.